Once again, you are listening to the Claim the Throne Blodgy with Cabba and Ash. This is Ash, and now you're listening to Cabba saying hi. Hi. Hello, Brendan. How are you? How you going, mate? Come on in to the Skype where we talk on the show. That made me laugh so much the other week editing that. I forgot you'd said it. Come on in. Come on in. <laughs> I don't even remember saying that or know how that would even come out from anywhere. Come on in. What is this friggin' Wheel of Fortune? <laughs> yeah, I Price is right. Come on down. Come on down to the Claim the Throne Blodgecast. <laughs> Here with Cabra and Ash, <laughs> where we're supposed to talk about music, but we're not. What's the latest in the music world, Ash? Uh, I think there's a bunch of stuff going on, but most recently... And to save bringing this up as my album of the week, which would always piss you off, uh, <laughs> yeah. I signed up for a 10-day trial to lynda.com. lynda.com. Isn't that like recruiting? What's lynda.com? It's a subsidiary of LinkedIn, I'm pretty sure. And what it is, is a training website. So, okay. I've, you know, I heard about it, certain people doing tutorial videos and stuff on lynda.com most notably bobby osinski from bobby osinski's inner circle ah. but also heaps of stuff and uh, more recently just work wise there's a few courses on there that are sort of relevant and i looked into it and thought you know what 10 day trial i'll research a couple of cool looking things and watch them within 10 days and then cancel my account and yeah so i started watching the that Bobby Osinski mixing course, which is like eight hours, nine hours long. It's fucking long. And yeah, just skipped to the kind of the bits that seem relevant to me or maybe fill in some knowledge gaps there. And for the most part, it was nice to just reaffirm everything I know, but also, yeah, gave me a little bit of perspective. But yeah, I've been pretty interested in looking into some online uh, education because it is pretty hard when you're completely self-taught at something uh, to even just to get um what's that word like affirmation or mm, that you're on the right track so a course like that bobby osinski's for example is that just like slideshows or is it videos of him talking or what on earth is it because it's on pro tools it's just a picture of pro tools screen captured and then he's talking over the top and this is what i found interesting is that it's yeah it's an eight nine hour course but it's broken up into several videos oh, okay from between like his introduction will be one minute and then um, something about just on a kick drum will be three minutes or just on a guitar tone will be like three minutes. And then if he's talking about like how to balance a drum kit or something, it might be 10 minutes and they're discrete videos. And I thought, I thought they had just been broken up from one big long session by him, but you can tell that like between each video, it's a separate thing. I noticed things like the, um, the Pro Tools session name changes based on the video so even though the layout's very similar, like you can tell he's done it at a different time and his voice might sound a bit different and this kind of stuff. So I think it's it's a huge undertaking to make something that big, but I think it's quite possible if you break it into little sections and hmm. gives you a bit more flexibility. So did you say Linda is like a monthly subscription or something and you can access anything? If you sign up on a lock-in contract for a year, it's about 35 yeah, right. a month Australian, but or 40 a month if you're on a no contract thing. So on there, once you're on, you can access any course. And obviously why LinkedIn are doing it is that people are trying to get jobs, but mm. sometimes don't feel qualified. So take, take IT, for example, uh, there's certain courses where you'd go and pay $4,000 to do you know, an intense two-week course and at the end you get a certificate. Whereas on this, you can watch 
you know, at your own leisure, one lecture a week, you get tute notes, you get tests. And then at the end of it, you book in an examination somewhere for like maybe 200 bucks mm. and then you can go and get certified. So it's pretty awesome and you can do it in your own time. That's crazy, eh? Years ago, uh, I used to, when I didn't have a job and couldn't get a job, I was on this website called Odesk. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, you're sort of like freelancing. You put whatever skills on there that you can do um, and you find people put sort of little jobs that they have up, whether it's, you know, anything from data entry to market research or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that was similar. So if you didn't, or even if you did have qualifications, you can put up there, you've got a degree or whatever, but people don't necessarily believe you or look into it, but they will more so look at what internal Odesk courses you've done. Uh, so Odesk has like these built-in things, you know, like prove that you can use Microsoft Excel or whatever it is. So you do a little 10 minute um, test yeah, and yep. then you get a star or a tick on your profile. So if a potential employer looks at your account, they'll see all the tests that you've proven that you can do. That's cool. So, I don't know, similar sort of thing. So, maybe that's what LinkedIn are going for, that style thing, except on a crazier scale. I'll put it into perspective, right? There's so many things that I want to do aside from music, but they're all somehow interconnected. So, there's obviously the recording side of it, which is pretty straight up. But within that, there's tracking, there's mixing, there's mastering, uh, but also like slightly more or specific. Things that people don't commonly think about, which would be like your room acoustics or things like that. And yeah, you could go and pay for a course for a year at SAE and pay 10 grand or something crazy. And it still might not cover those things that you're after. So this, with something like this, providing it's got the content there, you're able to, yeah, like load up an eight hour thing and skip to the things that are relevant to you. Um, And then let's pretend you want to explore fucking how to take better band photos or something. There's photography short courses and there's um and they don't need to lead to a certificate but it's just got a professional like filling in the blanks for you which is pretty cool awesome man i like it and the timing is interesting because we've been talking about um bringing this claim the throne blogcast to life and perhaps doing our own sort of in-person training things Mm -hmm. would you get ideas from stuff like that on you know how to deliver information or present things i guess you know you've already done a little bit of teaching but would it be helpful in putting together a course for example from lynda.com yeah well you know watching how bobby osinski does it oh yeah 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 for sure and i'm very much someone who learns via i would say osmosis so yeah just watching him present a course and how he explains it and the kinds of information he skips over sort of informs me a little bit of maybe how to do it and i think that goes down to getting instrument lessons like when I was um when I was a kid I didn't connect with the first guitar teacher I had then when I earned my own money in my 20s I went to a guitar teacher and also a couple of different drum teachers and you know it's it's learning from each person which informed me how to kind of teach myself better if anything because I find that sometimes what happens with education is that they make you feel like if you don't have them then you're never going to be able to get better or get anywhere in life. Whereas I think the real point of education is arming you to learn things yourself on your own time. And, you know, because the realities of life is I've got to work a job. I can't go to, let's say, go to Whopper or something to do um, a contemporary guitar course or something like that. So I need to be able to somehow slot that into my normal life if I want to improve at songwriting. But 
you know, I also want to do something else. Like I, I hate the idea that you just have to pick one thing and just do it when so much of it is, um, is based on just, just how to learn. And if you can apply that to then anything you want to learn, you're, you're all sweet. I totally agree. And sometimes the best ways of improving at something is by teaching it. You know, some people will learn more by reading or writing or talking about it. So you might find, not that I've ever given guitar lessons, but I've got them. And I imagine that if I was teaching someone else how to do it, the, the certain um, things that you're learning would sink in a lot better, I guess. Just a different way of looking at things. Yeah. Did you ever go to a guitar teacher with, um, you know, master of puppets and say, how do I play this on guitar? And they give you this look like, uh, oh, well, first you need to know your E minor scale <laughs> and practice that for for the whole term and then come back to me and I'll teach you one chord. I did go to a guitar teacher with the song Bleed by Soulfly <laughs> and said, I want to learn this. And he said, I would recommend perhaps learning some Metallica instead. Oh. And then we went through one, mm-hmm. the song. And the way he did it, he would like have um, tab paper and that would be in front of us. And then as we go through each bit, mm-hmm. we would tab it out together. And then I would take that tablature home, I guess, and then practice whatever sections we did and then I'd go back next week with with all that and having practiced and then go through the next section of the song and tab it out together as well I thought that was a pretty good way of learning actually that's really cool and that's how I'd approach teaching metal instruments to people because I found my problem was I was going to people who had great technical skill but knew nothing of the genre that I was into. And I think the real trick is being able to mold some form of uh, teaching into the person's interests or else they are going to lose interest. And as a small business owner, you're going to lose your client. And I don't know, it makes it boring and it's, it makes it stressful as a, as a teacher when you can't provide for your student. So having, having taught guitar and drums myself, you know, I was working in a place where they offered teaching from specific materials and I found some kids just coming in and being so shit bored and they were definitely losing interest in the instrument it's like you kind of got to balance that against yeah why they want to do it because even if their parents are paying for it um, it's really I mean fuck they're the ones who have to apply themselves and learn it and maybe they'll learn the scales that are shit and boring for them if you meet them halfway or something absolutely or you know show them how it will actually benefit what they're wanting to do you know know, if you can teach them a scale and say well yeah look at that scale and then look at this song that you like yeah show them some relevance as to the boring stuff that they're learning i guess quote unquote boring and it's hard too because when you're a kid and you you learn something and you're bored as fucking hell and then you figure out on your own how to play um blink 182 songs or something you suddenly get this attitude that like theory and technical knowledge is shit you know, oh, fuck, you don't need that if you've just got some feeling and a bit of passion or something. But it's not true at all. The more knowledge and stuff you have, I think the more you are able to draw on and the more versatile you become and the more you can express your art. And with scales as well, I guess it's for, you know, it's important for a couple of reasons being, you know, learning your scales, obviously, but also for speed and practice and picking styles and whatever. Hmm. Why not choose a song like... um you know, Blink-182 or Just Ace by Grinspoon yeah. and play that over and over again, which might be a bit more fun for the student perhaps. Pickles. Yeah, totally. But what about breaking Just Ace down and figuring out what key it's in or something and then teaching teaching them that and saying, look, um, this is 
how the mechanics of this very basic song work. Uh, go home and do this because what I've found later in life is I get so used to the um, the basic structures I learnt by ear when I was a kid, and then when I hear something bizarre like a you know a flat five nine or some shit that probably doesn't even exist to me it sounds wrong like it comes across as slightly dissonant whereas when you hear it within a Beatles song or something where they use a weird chord it just sounds magical and it's really hard to innovate those things for yourself unless you've I don't know not even got some knowledge of them but just are used to hearing things that might sound weird to you Mm -hmm. you know what I'm getting at yeah yeah I do I do what about you mate what the fuck have you been up to not a whole lot just mainly talking to my mate Ash about doing our own training course thing so yeah it's interesting that we've been talking about training now mm. are you keen on talking about what we've got in the pipeline at the moment or is that under wraps well in the interest of hashtag marketing 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 yeah yeah sure why not let's talk about it in the interest of Stu mcgill and amos Polglaze and oliver Udall and ryan smith and paulie cottrell josh wasley razor ray <laughs> everyone else yeah live podcast coming soon so that's going to be pretty cool something we've wanted to do for a while live podcast where we can do it in front of people in person and perhaps uh, have some crowd interaction i'm not sure how that will work but we'll see how we go Um, but while we're at it also have a bit of a course so an hour of ash talking about recording and an hour of cabba talking about marketing and whatever else we find along the way uh, with a lot of yeah questions and discussions and debates and whatever, to try and encourage do-it-yourself stuff for musos and show just how easy it is because we do meet and hear from a lot of people who have the talent there, but they just don't get things done, as we've spoke about before, and it's like they hit these roadblocks and just can't get to the next step, you know, or, um, or, or people see other bands doing cool stuff and they just wonder how it can happen, but it, it can happen quite easily, so I think it would be good fun talking about that sort of thing. Fuck, do you have two seconds? Sorry, man, this fucking dog, eh? Cabba has a new puppy called Pickles, and she's actually quite big now. And unlike Floyd, who just used to go patter, patter, patter on the ground with his little toes, Pickles is in there eating apples, jumping up on him, going, wow, as you could probably hear in the background. And uh, yeah, basically being a little nuisance puppy. But she's cute as hell, so anyway, Cabba's putting her outside. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, not good enough. Uh, to, to clear up what the one hour of marketing and one hour of recording would be is that, you know, Cabra and I, through the experience of being in a band and trying to do things by ourselves because we've never had a proper label support or enough of a budget to really explore big studio stuff and long recording sessions, this whole podcast is just about us navigating our way through that. And yeah, so we want to do a bit of a taste test and perhaps create some scenarios where Cabo may explain, you know, how to put on a gig or how to book a tour, just some basic ideas. And then I might go through not how to record the most ultimate album ever, but just like breaking down the first barrier towards you recording your own band at home, whether it's for a demo or some pre-production or perhaps uh, for an album that you're going to send out to mix. So if that goes well, we'll gauge some interest Obviously do a podcast after, have some champagne, some sparklings and hop hogs and whatever else. And yeah, and then if, if it goes well and people want us to go into a bit more depth, we'll probably then do a, an extended course where we go into further detail and have a, a bigger project to tackle over a longer period of time. And yeah, just show you that the shit can be done. The only reason why we've ever got anything happening in our band is 
because we've kind of figured it out for ourselves and you can do it too. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, the first one would just be a few hours just to see how it goes. If anyone actually shows up or not, cost you about five bucks uh, or a wristy and <clears throat> get some champagne. It'll be nice and early in the morning at a rehearsal studio in Perth. We can catch up and uh, yeah, rub our hangovers off together. And then, yeah, if it goes well, turn it into a big course. <laughs> Might cost a little bit more, but nothing out of control just to cover the expenses, basically. And, yeah, it's going to be good fun. So if there's any topics that people out there want us to talk about or any um, suggestions, just let us know. Info at claimthrown.com and keep your eyes peeled on the website too and on this show, and you'll hear more very, very soon. And funny, just watching that Bobby Osinski um, mixing course, it's... For me, I watch it and it's just stuff I already know whether or not I sort of do it that way or could improve. That's a different story, but it's kind of, it's easy to get lost in that world of mixing and plugins and equipment and gear. Whereas like actually just getting the recorded tracks down in the first place is a completely different ball game. And it often can be a lot easier. <laughs> so if you're handing it off for someone else to mix it, you don't have to be concerned with all that extra shit. And really you just need to get the basic instruments of your band into the computer and um yeah the power is then yours from there to give it a well mixing or to send it off to someone else but either way the end product can be quite spectacular and we'll show you some examples of that sort of stuff as well as just yeah being essentially becoming your own manager of your own band instead of having this thought like oh if i push it in the local scene for a bit maybe someone will help us out internationally or domestically or whatever but yeah, I don't know. Like Cabba, do you think you're, um, you would ever move into being a manager of bands? Uh, not as such, I don't think, but I would be, I'd like to do, you know, lessons, for example. So instead of going to guitar lessons, do band management lessons and I'd mm. prefer to encourage people to do it themselves. So yeah, I don't know, being a band manager myself would sort of go against what I'm encouraging and I'm not really qualified I have the experience to be a band manager on a high level because I haven't really been to a really high level but I'm um, a good way of showing how it can be done on a small level and you can still achieve a lot of goals as um, as a band yourself without having to get other people to do everything for you I'd, I'd rather people learn how to do things themselves and uh, even with the scenario of booking a gig or booking a tour other things that you know it's not always about the end product even it's just about the things that you learn throughout that process whether that be you know basic computer skills whether that be better communication amongst your band setting goals even or just understanding each other researching properly choosing the right places to travel to selling merch getting your shit reviewed online getting interviews on radio everything like that so it doesn't doesn't have to be really high scale stuff it's just just hustling and learning how to do it without being a punisher at the same time. Learn how to write a, a proper biography, a proper email to people. Um, just having some general manners and politeness when you send an email to, to an industry professional. Know how to, to form paragraphs and use capital letters. As simple as that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not as hard as a lot of people might think. So I think it'd be cool. And even if you, you're only picking up you know, one small tip along the way, whether that's recording or other... Sometimes that can be 
a huge, huge tip that makes it all worthwhile. And we're not saying that we know everything because I'm sure we'll learn things along the way as well. So if people come along who are a little bit more established, that'd be super helpful too. And just to see how other bands do things, you know, Mm. it's it's sometimes you don't get much exposure outside of your own band and you just think that that's the way that everyone operates. But I think it'd be a good chance for people from different bands to get along and talk about how they do things. And, you know, as a scene and as a culture as a whole in Perth, uh, we'd, yeah, be able to benefit a lot from that, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I guess that's what I'm getting at in general is that like I don't want to be a recording engineer or um, or some mixing guy or something like that. It's not my goal because I want to leave more time for me to explore my own creativity and with our band and our little side projects and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I like that idea of, of getting other people involved in their own stuff, but also, yeah, learning off them and, you know, you don't need to record your own album at all. But um, yeah, like simple recording skills are super handy in songwriting and it's a great way of, you know, ever wondered why your favorite bands have these fully textured, awesome layered albums with, you know, seemingly um, ethereal ideas and all this stuff. It's it's because they've gone through a, a pre-production period as well. So they've sort of written their basic structures and then they've attempted to sort of inject an extra layer of something in it and shifting around their structures and working on transitions and stuff and that's really where the bulk of an album comes from so even if you can just get that far then when you do go into a professional studio if that's what you're still after um, you can do that a lot quicker and you've got more of an idea of where you want to take your art when you're on someone else's clock so (laughs) you know you can spend three thousand on recording a sick album instead of ten grand you know and then in the background you could be learning off that person as well and you might you know, then you might be a bit more confident down the track to record your band. So it's all about just getting a start, breaking down those simple barriers. Awesome. And I'm hoping that we can get in touch with some people from a variety of music genres, so not necessarily just metal. And uh, obviously that's cool with recording to see how different things will work, Um, but also band management and whatever and see how the different scenes operate and might sort of get cool tips from from each other that um, that aren't necessarily in the same scene. Will that be difficult in terms of recording, do you think? Or is all basically the same rules? I think you can just listen to music and figure out how it was recorded if you've got some idea. And if some bands can tell you if they're from a different background, how they've recorded in the past, it's not that hard to to imagine how it's done, especially in a home home bedroom environment. Yep, totes. And that was one of, one of the things we were going to um, do as well, uh, which was to, for example, play a couple of a, a track from two different bands or two different albums and have people guess which one was recorded at home and which one was recorded at a professional studio. Little games like that I think is a super good idea. It'd be quite fun. Yeah. And just, man, honestly, I find that the whole gear thing is such a, it's a barrier to doing anything. Like if you if you don't start doing something because you want all the pieces to be right in your mind beforehand, then you're probably never going to get around to doing anything. Whereas if you, if you realize that the basis of, of an album is just in the fucking instruments and playing it rather than worrying about what plugin you have, then yeah, you're probably going to get through shit a lot quicker. And the more projects you do, like your first project's always going to be crap. It's going to sound amateur. And if you spend too long on it, then you'll never get to the next one where you can learn from the previous mistakes and, 
you know, any band you like has their early recordings, unless they were on a major label, the early recordings and stuff do sound a bit crappy because they probably went to some guy like me to start with before they moved on, but it's still got them the leg up, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, just getting stuff done is a, is a huge deal, I think. And yeah, again, the aim of the course is basically to get people together and share ideas, share experiences, horrible experiences and great experiences and um, how to get them better out of your own house or from your own marketing skills. And then, and how to apply that to real world scenarios. And um, yeah, perhaps if you want to go into professional areas, you can, um, you at least are armed with a little bit more information on, um, you know, managing your own expectations in those environments too. Mm-hmm. I think another big one is um, just knowing how to get money as a band as well. Because, we, you know, we sort of encourage doing everything on the cheap to show that you don't really need to save up as much money as you think you might to get an awesome album or to go on tour. Um, but yeah, just getting figuring out ways that you can get money as a band and use it efficiently. The amount of bands that don't ask for their money after a gig is absurd. <clears throat> and, you know, having the right merchandise at the right prices and just buying properly and selling properly, saving your money, not blowing it on things uh, and then also contributing as band members as well into a kitty, for example, anything like that, just figuring out ways to get just the amount, right amount of money to do a project like a, a cool album and then being able to monetize that and have enough for the next project and it just becomes a bit of a cycle. Uh, and also once you have that mastered finding funding, being able to fill in applications for government grants and things like that whether or not we decide to touch on crowdfunding and patreon things like that i dare say we won't (laughs) but yeah i don't know that's always a a big part of um yeah whether whether bands think that they can take things to the next level or whether they think they can see succeed in in their dreams and whatever A a lot of the time the excuse will be we can't afford it so i think that would be a good thing to talk about yeah for sure and i really think man that like we've brought up a whole bunch of stuff that really can't be covered in one hour each of an introductory thing. (laughs) Oh, no way. So yeah, this would be like the idea to explain it. And when we talk about a case study, um, for example, if we had an extended course where, yeah, for a couple of hours each week, you could come in for a set amount of time and yeah, Kappa could cover these individual topics just one at a time in detail. And then perhaps my goal would be to do something like let's record uh, a minute of music just an, an intro a verse and a chorus and just show you how it's done and perhaps we could collaborate um at this introductory episode for people who might want to move on to the next thing uh what style we are looking at so if there's if there's five metal heads one indie rocker and a um and a hip hopper a hip hopper or something like that we could just yeah make the dumbest song on earth and just have a section of each style or even just three discrete 30-second passages and, um, yeah, use collaboration from the audience to sort of just get it down and just show you that with, honestly, the same tools, you can get uh, drastically different sounds. You've just got to know what you're wanting to sound like before you start doing it rather than, um, yeah, relying on uh, technology to just, like, make it happen that way. It's, it's more about getting a clear picture of what you're going to do and then using the simplest tools you can as a band to create that. Or 
what you'd need to provide to someone who will turn your song idea into a production. Because that's the big difference I've found is that we've done it twice all by ourselves. And the first one, Forged in Flame, was basically about getting all the instruments down. And that was it. And we handed it off for mixing. But it was also like uh, our mixer, Al, was pretty much acting in the role of a producer, even though we probably didn't credit him with that, by you know, choosing tones and choosing reverbs and effects and stuff. Whereas on this last one that we still haven't released, but if you do come down to the show, you can fucking hear some of the songs <laughs> off it. We treated that as more of a production ourselves where we we chose sounds and we chose the way they were going to work together. And I think that's the real step up is not so much the uh, process itself because it didn't change that much. It's just how we acted on our ideas and, and tried to get them happening before mixing and stuff it would be good to have a bit more time to sort this out so we're hoping that this initial thing does sound like a good idea to some people and we can go from there yeah awesome we'll see how we go and yeah keep your ears peeled marketing 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 anything else going on that we want to chat about before uh, hanging up the boots today you don't have an album of the week apart from uh, the course not as such no like i've actually revisited ahab once again boats of the glen carrick Again. Again. And yeah, rumor has it. That's what is interesting about that is that it is all natural organic sounds on that album. So the drums and the bass were played live. There's no drum replacement or sampling. And then the guitars were also done live with the two guitarists playing at the same time and then double tracked with other uh, amps and stuff like that a second time. And then some leads and vocals overdubbed. So it's about as traditional as a recording can get, but it sounds extremely massive and modern and and um, still quite polished and cool sounding so that's a good one to to listen to i think production like that's harder to achieve at home but you can at least start on your way there by attending the very first introductory claim the throne <laughs> live blogcast what about you any any listens to any albums man you should take the marketing segment yeah. uh i've sort of been playing my classical guitar a little bit uh, and chilling out and my go-to in that sort of music is Nick Drake, um, but it's again. Annoying. And again, it's really annoying because it has um, crazy-ass tuning uh, that always takes me a while to figure out. Um, but it's fun to just just strum along to. Um, but I did stumble across a guy called Alexi Murdoch, who is some random acoustic guitar player from somewhere in the US, I think. And you can definitely hear a strong Nick Drake influence in his music. Uh, and it's tuned standard except with a drop D. Okay. So it's kind of cool. I've been sort of mucking around with that. And in the meantime, also playing two Anima songs on the acoustic in between mm. that. So same, same tuning. And it's just yeah something a bit different and fun to muck around with, really. Cool. Uh, his album's called Time Without Consequence from a few years ago. And there is a song on that that I believe is in a few different TV shows, one being Sense8, which is on Netflix and I think was on Channel 7 or something. Uh, so he must be doing all right for himself to be getting cool. some features like that. Should we play that song? Yeah, why not? It's called All My Days. Yeah. I do also like that sort of music where you can head onto YouTube to learn how to play one of the songs and you just go, Alexi Murdoch, All My Days, guitar cover or guitar lesson. And you just get to see all these different people playing things, how they how they interpret the song, how they teach, how different people make different types of videos. Uh, some people sort of zooming in on 
the Qatar fretboard and also having themselves in the bottom corner, some people singing, some people playing along with the CD. So it's just a pretty wild journey that can waste an entire Saturday. Yeah, for sure. Sounds sounds pretty cool. I'd keen to hear it. Have you ever put anything on YouTube? Oh, yeah, of course. Like what? put one thing. I entered a breakdown competition once oh, yeah. to try and win something. I did that at uh, our place. Just I think it was webcam or something. Covered my face up and entered that and didn't win at all. And uh, yeah, then just other dumb videos, farthing me, all that kind of stuff. Nothing nothing actually serious but i have thought about grabbing my gopros that i never use and my digital slr and maybe filming a drum playthrough just of maybe one of the newer claim of throne songs for when the album's out partly for hashtag marketing 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 and partially to light um if anyone gives a rat's ass at all can you possibly give me some some hookups and some gear but that that was more something i used to think was required of a drummer because you know you get all these playthroughs and stuff but um i don't think our music sounds like it's impossible to play so i don't think anyone gives a shit if they see me play it or not (laughs) (laughs) me included yeah i guess it's just something fun to do if you can be bothered but who cares if not yeah i reckon what would be a good idea is since we have actually recorded our own album as an as a rebellion against these clinical boring as piss playthroughs where they press play on a cd and then park themselves in a room with like mad lighting and do 20 takes of the song and then play along to what is clearly hyper edited and oversampled drums. It's so embarrassing and maybe not to them and um, whatever it is what it is. So what I think would be cool is to just mute all the drums, mic up a kit and then play through to a song off the CD um, because then you're not, mm. you're not forced to play exactly the same drum fills and all that crap. Um, as you do on your recording but yeah so it's something unique awesome yeah so i've thought about that what about you You ever thought about doing that shit Uh, (laughs) i've thought about perhaps doing guitar playthroughs with me and dicey for a song but you know the same why really like it might be a bit of fun but yeah it's not like um you know we're winter sun or some crazy good band that people listen to us for the performance side of things generally so but you know that being said i think it would be fun and get I think it's cool for people to see how you play it and especially if they can get a copy of the tab and then watch you do it as well. Yeah, can't hurt, but uh, not not at the top of the priority list, that's for sure. I have done a few videos of me playing songs on the acoustic guitar hidden deep in the depths of YouTube where no one will ever find them. Uh, and that is generally for to force myself into learning a song properly where if people see it I won't be embarrassed or to force myself to learn all of the lyrics to a song for example that sort of thing and just to muck around with using video as well because I'm really shit at that the end yeah maybe I will do one of those drum playthrough things one day just uh, as kind of like you say with video but more of an excuse to mic up a kit Mm. and do some playing and yeah practice something and just connect with the drums again because i find it's harder to do in this modern world Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah we jam bugger all and my actual kit time is pretty much non-existent so it's nice Mm -hmm. to have things to do cool let's um let's go away (laughs) (laughs) thanks for tuning in everyone again we'll be back soon to talk more about stuff if you enjoy the show please subscribe leave a review tell people or just do whatever you want to do uh, and claimthrown.com. We've got new shirts available on the store that you can check out. And uh, you can find our music on Spotify and Bandcamp and all the usual places. 
Don't be a stranger. Let us know what you think of the show. Find me and Ash on Twitter. It's fun to chat about music and other things. Marketing, marketing, marketing. I have been searching all of my days. All of my days. Many a road, you know, I've been walking on. All of my days. And I've been trying to find what's been in my mind as the days keep turning into night. All of my days Watch the sky breaking on the promise that we made All of this rain And I've been trying to find What's been in my mind As the days keep turning into night Many a night I found myself with no friends standing near All of my days I cried aloud, I shook my hands at what I'm doing here Keep turning in tonight Even 
memories.